The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Navigating the Cancer Maze with Grace Goller. Dealing with cancer is by no means easy to handle, but our program aims to make it easier through knowledge. Whether you've been recently diagnosed, are going through treatment right now, or are a survivor, our program will have points that you should hear. And by sharing our stories together, we'll make it truly a life-changing experience that you don't have to go through alone. Now, here is your host, Grace Goller. Hello, I'm Grace Goller and welcome again to Navigating the Cancer Maze. This week I am back on the Gold Coast in Australia and last week, as you may remember, the show came to you from Alice Springs in Australia's heart or red centre as it's known, where I was um, attending the wedding of my son, which was a fantastic event. The week after next for the show, I'll be presenting this uh, program from Halvang Private Oncology Clinic in Germany. So do get those questions into me about the clinic and uh, what they do, and I'll be happy to get back to you, and you'll be able to hear me live from the clinic in Germany the week after next. So the cancer maze, we navigated each week. This show actually provides you, the patient, with, um, I guess, what's best described as a cancer recovery toolkit and a how-to manual that'll empower you through the cancer journey. And uh, based on what's coming in on my email box, uh, you are enjoying the show and you're finding the tips very, very useful. And we'll go to the mailbox a little bit later. For those of you who are regular listeners to the show, uh, you'll understand by now that with my 38 years of working in the field of cancer, that it has yielded some what I call pearls of wisdom. And I'm very passionate about sharing those pearls of wisdom with you, the listeners, each week. I think this is a wonderful uh, medium to broadcast out to patients around the world and to help you to navigate the maze. So often, uh, I think cancer does come down to what appears to be a one-size-fits-all, even in some of the systems that actually promote personalised medicine at the core. So the way that my institute approaches cancer recovery, that is the Grace Gawler Institute for Integrated Cancer Solutions, um, is that we work in a truly holistic way. And that way embraces the best of conventional medicine, and the best of complementary medicine. And then it adds in an all-important ingredient, which is the psycho-oncology of cancer, which has really formed the structure or the scaffolding 
of this program of navigating the cancer maze. Now, I know that many people um, from my practice here and uh, also from some of the emails that are coming in find the word psycho-oncology just a little scary, if not a bit daunting. But as you take the journey of cancer, I think that you will find, and some of you may have found this already, that it's perhaps the most important aspect in the healing and recovery pie chart. So for those of you who were listening uh, last week and the week before, we discussed the pie chart which had 35% um, of the 360-degree circle made available for psycho-oncology in the healing of cancer. 20% we put in there as diet, lifestyle and those kinds of uh, changes and 45% was the best of conventional medicine. So last week's show we also touched on the importance of belief systems in terms of looking at psycho-oncology. Uh, we looked at the importance of the belief systems in cancer recovery and long-term survival and well-being. And I used the example of bone pointing, which was quite appropriate given that I was in uh, Australia Centre, Alice Springs, where the Indigenous communities, in fact, um, the old, the ancient Indigenous communities, uh, had a system where everything was based on spirit and there were bad spirits and there were good spirits. And uh, so they developed a system, a belief system in the tribe, which was called bone pointing. If you missed um, that session, I would suggest you go back and have a listen to the definition of bone pointing because it's very relevant for many patients today. We'll just touch on um, briefly, but I don't want to go through exactly what we did last week. But if we look at this um, in terms of how the psycho-oncology works in terms of the bone pointing, uh, it's very important that a cancer patient looks at the layers. And uh, we could call this holistic. We can also call it almost holographic. Um, and how the belief system threads in and out of those layers. Uh, psycho-oncology... It works with probably the more, what we call the more obscure aspects of recovery. Things like emotional healing, for instance, the psychological tools, one's spiritual life, um, and the practical aspects, resilience, coping skills, stress reduction also come into this very large area called psycho-oncology. If we look at a holistic healing system, and I'd say that whole, by definition, for holistic healing, it's essential to actually have the healing of the physical by using what I'd call the best of 21st century cancer medicine and the healing of emotional life. In other words, the resolutions from dealing with one's psychological stress and distress and very important, as we touched on last week, is the healing of one's soul. The soul is often relegated to the um, more religious realms of healing and in fact um, in old times there was a division where the spirit was actually given to the, uh, to the church 
and the healing was given to the body. And that division, unfortunately, still operates in much of the way that uh, medicine, particularly mainstream medicine, is practiced today. It's a great shame because the healing of the soul, this, this obscure thing called the soul, uh, is a very important part of one's recovery, particularly when you have a life-threatening or a life-challenging illness. So if we remember the four questions, uh, you may remember four questions from uh, the program before last and last program. And I quoted author and Basque healer and storyteller, Angeles Arian. And Angeles actually put together these um, four profound questions that could be asked and the answers to those, they're very profound questions and they're very profound answers. And the answers to those questions actually result in what is termed soul retrieval. This is called so in, in some religions, certainly in the Native American uh, religion, soul retrieval is talked about a lot. In classic psychology, it's more recognized as uh, a PTSD or a dissociative disorder. So to actually uh, name what happens here, a soul retrieval is actually the reintegration of the lost parts of one's self. Okay, the reintegration of the lost parts of oneself. So you might ask, well, how did these parts get lost? It's not exactly like you can easily go and find them. And uh, with a question that's come in on the email, we are going to talk a little bit more today about PTSD because it seems to be something that's coming up for a lot of um, listeners. So if we look at just uh, briefly how these parts are actually lost, well, I'd say it's by the experience of life itself. For many people, it's about uninvited changes um, changes that have come out of the blue, changes that you were not prepared for, betrayals, shocks. Um, they're the events that really shape your life and uh, your life experience. In other words, your experience of the life you are living and therefore from that time on how you respond to that life. So inviting the lost parts of yourself home is a real key. It's a real key to high-level well-being and uh, for what people term living well with cancer and through cancer to recovery. Actually, it's a win-win because uh, whether you live or whether you die, and let's face it, we all eventually do, uh, you have come to terms with a lot of those things in your life. And um, I think very profoundly, you have found life meaning. So for those who have listened to other episodes of the show, you will no doubt see in the three stages of healing model that this, what I call soul retrieval work or the reintegration actually begins in stage two of the three stages of healing model. And stage two, uh, for those of you who've heard the show, is called the will to heal. So go back and have a look at that if you've made some notes or if it's new to you, go back and listen to the first couple of episodes of Navigating the Cancer Maze. Eventually, 
coming to terms with the reintegration and the healing of oneself and the answers to the questions, those four fundamental questions, equals the stage three, which we called the will to know your purpose. In other words, in that stage, you've come to terms with your own life. You've been able to give it meaning and power. So this in turn leads to what we call victor thinking. In other words, you're not a victim. And in that stage three of the healing model, you've somehow been able to integrate this so that you've got a calmly proactive stance. It embraces life, whatever life brings to you. So rather than being a victim of life, you see yourself as someone who's really managing life well, has found meaning and in the, the victor status. Um, this this is really profound, actually. It's really what we'd call the very deep stuff, um, and it's the authentic, deep healing that so many people pursue. And this is why I'm often saying to patients and on this show, you know, be careful not getting stressed while trying to de-stress. Be careful about the approaches that you take they can lead you off down pathways where you're just using so much energy and so much time that there's no time to think about this more profound part of your healing journey. So I believe really there's no greater force actually that can activate your inner pharmacy than this particular process. It's, it's like pivotal and it threads between, as I said before, all the layers of your healing journey. Um, probably also moot to say that this type of healing, you know, you just don't find it in in juices or copious supplements or many of the quick healing methods and and the healing uh, of cancer things that you find on the internet. Um, you know, those things may have a place at some time, but if you really want to look at the very deep healing from cancer and how to cope with all of the things that come your way while you're dealing with cancer. It's something that many patients don't know when they get into the cancer field, they're newly diagnosed and don't know what you don't know. And I have several patients at the moment, you know, who are in hospital and who are now saying, wow, we really kind of understand what's going on um, with this really key feature that you keep talking about because we now are in a situation where things are looking a bit dire and all those other things have dropped away and what's left is the focus on resilience and coping and getting through to the very next step. So when this process doesn't happen for a patient, you know, it's very easy for them to become dispirited and we're going to come back after the break and we're going to talk a little bit more about this process of being dispirited and how that can affect you in navigating the cancer maze. We'll be back shortly on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Your life, your health, 
your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Nestled in the heart of Germany's Black Forest is a very special clinic where breakthrough cancer medicine is offered to cancer patients around the world. Hulvang Private Oncology Clinic is one of the leading establishments in biological cancer therapy. The clinic offers personalized cancer medicine, including genetic testing for detecting and applying targeted treatments. The clinic's ethic is to deliver treatments that are as conventional as necessary and natural as possible. For your personalized cancer treatment, please contact the clinic via their website at www.hullvang-clinic.com. That's H-A-L-L-W-A-N-G-clinic.com. Or call us in Germany at 490-7443-964240. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. are tuned into Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Goller. We'd love to hear from you today on our program. Please call us toll-free from North America at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. International callers may dial in to 480-553-5759. You may also send an email to institute at gracegoller.com. Now, back to Navigating the Cancer Maze. Hello, I'm your host, Grace Gawler, and we're back with Navigating the Cancer Maze. We've been uh, talking about bone pointing and uh, becoming dispirited. I'd just like to pay this a little bit of attention again because of some of the queries and from some of my own patients who have actually been listening to the show and things becoming a lot clearer for them. So I think it's, um, as a cancer patient, it's very easy to become dispirited especially if your situation has deteriorated, you feel you've been doing all the right things, um, eating all the right things, etc., and suddenly bad news is delivered in the form of, I'm sorry, there's nothing more we can do. Uh, sometimes this can also be delivered in the form of a prognosis early in a cancer diagnosis. Now, I do have a couple of patients at the moment who are going through this where They've done a lot of things, they've tried very hard and the, the very thing that's going to guide them through this part of the maze is to simply hang in there, to keep looking for options but not in a desperate way, to really become centred, to become focused, to remember that living the life is the martial art. And from that place, it's quite often extraordinary how people can navigate their way out of this very complicated and uh, almost sticky part of the maze. I've seen many people do it, even when it appears that all hope has gone. So for any of those people who are listening today, really take this one to heart because this is about kind of keeping your soul hanging in there, keeping your spirit engaged and not allowing someone to take it away. I think death really in an ideal situation is on our terms. Um, that might sound a little bit strange, but for anyone who's had a life-challenging illness, you'll really understand what I'm saying. Um, 
I think when it can come on your terms, when you're ready, uh, when you know it's your time to move on and you're at peace with it all, um, absolutely no issue with that. And I think that is the ideal way for people to move on. But I do see so many people uh, who are dispirited and trying to get their spirit back. Next week, we're going to be talking with someone um, who's a master in the art of imagery and visualization. And uh, I'm going to ask, this is Dr. Emmett Miller, and one of the questions I'm going to ask him, what advice he has for people who have had this experience. So if this uh, is pointing to you listening today, please be sure not to miss next week's episode of Navigating the Maze to hear Dr. Miller. The other aspect of um, prognosis is that sometimes patients actually ask for a prognosis. Um, This is another type of person and this is why there cannot be one size fits all. So um, these are the sort of patients who say, well, look, I need to know. I've got things I want to do. I haven't made a will, Um, I want to go overseas, I want to do things with my family and how long have I got, Doc? Um, This is a very different kind of person. They're actually asking for the information and for some of those, they're actually at peace with the course of their life, their life ending and the actual prognosis is not a bone pointing but in fact it can be a positive step for them in helping them to plan Uh, what remains of their life, so they feel that no stone's unturned. In saying that, um, I must admit I've I've seen some extraordinary things over the years with a number of patients deciding that it was their time and doing all of these things and going into a hospice and um, eventually being able to uh, leave the hospice and in some cases being asked to leave the hospice because um, they hadn't died yet. And uh, it's it was quite amusing for a few of these patients who said, well, you know, I had to really make up my mind what I wanted to do. And some of the staff were indeed saying that as well. I can remember one gentleman called um, Kurt, who was a European gentleman, and he'd been in and out of the hospice so many times because he thought it was his time. And the staff actually said to him, Kurt, will you please make up your mind Uh, what you want to do. So eventually one day he did. He walked and he had a very long and healthy life and he didn't die from his cancer. He actually died from something else associated with old age. Um, So it's complex and there's a lot of layers to this. Um, But it's something that needs to be talked about. So if you're someone who has experienced this uh, and you need some help, we'd call it being de-pointed. Um, there's a placebo effect, which is a healing words and a positive input, and there's a nocebo effect, um, which is actually completely the opposite. So find out where you are on that particular line, and if you need help with it, sometimes counselling, um, a psychologist, someone doing psycho-oncology, or um, someone who's doing a psychotherapy can also be very helpful. 
I'd be really interested to hear from any of the listeners out there. Please don't be shy. Um, I'd be interested to hear from you by email what your experience has actually been with dealing with negative prognosis. Uh, it's something that is not often written about and I've been collecting data myself over a number of years. I'd be really interested to know from you what has helped you the most if you're a cancer survivor or a survivor of any kind of um, life-challenging or threatening condition and you had this prognosis given to you, what were the gems? What helped you to survive the most? So if you can email me, I'll share some of the stories with your permission um, with other listeners and also um, any stories that I do read on the show, I'll be very happy to email you a couple of my um, e-books um, completely free. One's called Survivor's Secrets and Women of Silence, The Emotional Healing of Breast Cancer. So I hope that inspires you to get in touch with me. You can email me at institute at gracegawler, that's G-A-W-L-E-R, dot com institute at com. So finishing on this topic actually leads me into this week's mailbag. I think it's quite important in the show to address the questions that are coming up as people are listening because it's, it's actually giving me a guide as to what you're interested in and what you feel is going to help you to navigate the maze rather than what I want to tell you about navigating the maze. So thank you for the folks who have been writing in. Um, there's one here from Joni. She actually lives in New York. And she says, I was introduced to the show by a friend. I have breast cancer. I've been doing alternative medicine for many years after declining surgery and chemotherapy. I feel really well on my new diet, which was um, a Gerson-style diet. I have juices. I have coffee enemas. I see uh, many health practitioners, and I've been doing this now for about five years, she says. Just had bad news after developing a persistent cough. There's now cancer in my lung, fluids accumulating. I feel a bit cheated, disappointed, and angry, she says. I've done it all to the letter. I still don't want chemo or surgery, but listening to your show, I thought you might have some options. I can afford an overseas treatment if it meant avoiding medical treatment that I really don't want to have. I watched my mum die from breast cancer. I don't want to go there. It was horrible. Can you help? So thank you for your um, question, Joni. Look, I see a lot of people whose um, opinion of chemotherapy has been based on a relative who has died from cancer. Often uh, people have seen this relative when they're quite young and the vision of bald, vomiting, frail, ill people in pain um, has stayed with a lot of people. But I really emphasize to you that this is more the picture of medicine and cancer medicine from 30 plus years ago. The way that modern medicine is hitting with this, the treatments are better targeted. And the most important thing here to help you is to find yourself um, a good doctor, a good GP, an oncologist who's a compassionate oncologist who can help you to navigate the maze. I really would suggest that you shop around, maybe see two, maybe three people, get some opinions. I'd suggest you contact um, Dr. Ray Hammond, who's in Dallas, Texas. 
is a long way from you, um, but contact him through rgccusa.com. He was on the show a few weeks ago and we were talking about the genetic pathway into cancer. That's going to empower you, that RGCC comprehensive test will empower you to find targeted treatments. There are some doctors there in the USA who can certainly help you. Uh, if you want to do the German option, the Hallwang Clinic, that's H-A-L-L-W-A-N-G, um, their ba- the banner for Hallwang is actually on this uh, website for Voice America. And if you click on that, you'll be able to access their website. Also on my website, uh, I have a few websites, germancancertreatments.com actually talks quite a bit about the options of treatments available for someone like yourself. Um, As far as the alternatives go, I have a practice that basically runs on people such as yourself, Joni. Um, In fact, last week, um, our Australian newspaper in the Weekend magazine had a six-page article on people who had tried alternative medicine, had done their best with cancer, like yourself, felt great, but their cancer was still rocketing along quite nicely. And uh, that article is available on my blog, which is gracegawlermedia.com. And remember, the Gawler is G-A-W-L-E-R. So if you want to have a look at that article, you may not feel um, so disappointed and so angry. You know, I think people do the best with what they've got at the time. Uh, Some of these things may be worth trying. But I've always said if I ever go to the horse races, I take an each way bet. And uh, I often do very well and and come home with a profit. Um, And I think this is one of the places in medicine where it's really good to also take the each way bet, do the best, best of complementary, the best of um, conventional and the best of the psycho-oncology. So I'm going to be back. Uh, We're coming up for another break. I do have another couple of questions that I want to address. And I hope, in fact, I'm pretty sure that you as the listeners will find these questions and their answers very helpful. So we are going to go for a break. We will be back with Navigating the Cancer Maze with Grace Gawler and all the way from Australia, where it's actually 5.31 a.m. on Saturday morning. We'll be back really soon. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Nestled in the heart of Germany's Black Forest is a very special clinic where breakthrough cancer medicine is offered to cancer patients around the world. Holvung Private Oncology Clinic is one of the leading establishments in biological cancer therapy. The clinic offers personalized cancer medicine, including genetic testing for detecting and applying targeted treatments. The clinic's ethic is to deliver treatments that are as conventional as necessary and natural as possible. For your personalized cancer treatment, please contact the clinic via their website at www.hullvang-clinic.com. That's H-A-L-L-W-A-N-G-clinic.com. Or call us in Germany at 490-7443-964240. 
Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned into Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Guller. We'd love to hear from you today on our program. Please call us toll-free from North America at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. International callers may dial in to 480-553-5759. You may also send an email to institute at gracegoller.com. Now, back to Navigating the Cancer Maze. Hi, I'm Grace Gawler and we're back with Navigating This Cancer Maze. I've just actually noticed on my email as I'm doing the show, I've already had a couple of questions coming through relating to our last question about the Australian newspaper Weekend Magazine and where to actually find that article. So just repeating, if you go to my blog site, which is gracegawlermedia.com, you will actually find a link um, to that article and you'll find some segments of the article there. Uh, think anyone who's been doing alternative medicine or who's sitting on the fence having done alternative medicine would actually get a lot from this article. It's created quite a busy week for me um, since it's been published because it's it's actually very well written and it's a very well balanced um, article in looking at the pros and cons and what we've been talking about here that the best way is to do the each, each way bet and to particularly keep the monitoring that's one of the things that uh, Dr. Ray Hammond's RGCC test can also do for people who want to have some kind of monitoring of what's going on in the molecular aspect of their, their tumours. They can actually have this done. Also, early detection is possible uh, through that test as well. So I do suggest if that um, sparks your interest, uh, for many people who don't want to do the classic chemotherapy who still can't get past that, there are so many other options available. So don't just give up on conventional medicine and say, well, it's all chemo and radio. It's actually not. Some of the um, treatments these days are so intelligent and so smart and they can really help your quality of life even if you don't choose the chemotherapy um, path per se. Antibodies in particular, something that the Halvan Clinic does, um, is a very good alternative for some people for um, not using chemotherapy when they've got a um, serious cancer situation. So we go next to um, Kirsten from Arizona, and I've touched on this a little bit already, so I won't spend too long here. She wrote, Dear Grace, you've touched on two important areas of my quest for survival. One is forgiveness. And also, I'm interested in the concept of bone pointing. Never heard of it, but now I think I might have been pointed and I wonder what I can do. Will there be more in the show on these kinds of topics? Um, as mentioned, we do have next week uh, Dr. Emmett Miller, who is quite an extraordinary, I would call him a healer and storyteller, um, a master of imagery and visualization. And sometimes uh, these kinds of techniques and, and techniques of performing some kind of ritual around the letting go and the release 
um, around your doctor and the relationship with him. Sometimes, even if you've moved on to a new doctor, there are things that are just sticking there from a bad experience that you've had. And may I say also, it might not just be conventional medical doctors. We have a lot of patients who come here and they'll tell me, oh, the naturopath said I'm really toxic. The naturopath said if I don't do this, this will happen. If I go off this diet, you know, she can't be responsible for what happens to me. These are all kind of negative inputs into the recovery process of the patient. So if you've got uh, practitioners who are um, in that kind of vogue, I'd suggest you do deal with what they're telling you. I think it's important to give them the feedback and if something can't be resolved there, it's important to be able to move on. Uh, one technique just briefly, and I'm going to ask this of Dr. Miller next week as well, I've used with success is to imagine yourself in the doctor's room um, pick an object of power in the room and some say, well, it was the doctor's pen that, that wrote my negative prognosis. It was the stethoscope around his neck. It was the scans on the screen. So by picking something like that within the doctor's room and actually change it rather than being a victim in that room to create an image that gives you an image of empowerment in that room. Uh, one patient who did this very successfully, who had a series of negative prognoses and outlived them all, uh, she actually went up to her doctor in her image. She, she did a relaxation. She imagined she was in the chair. She walked up to the doctor. She took his pen from his hand and wrote out her own prescription, which said life. And then she went back and she removed the stethoscope from his neck, all done in her mind, all imaginal, but was actually a very powerful thing for her to be able to reframe this negative experience. So I think we're going to have some very juicy information on the show for you with um, regards to things that you can actually put into your program. And I know Dr. Miller is going to uh, make a very big deposit in the bank account for some of you. So uh, he will be with us next week. Do listen in, particularly Kristen from Arizona. Christine from California writes, please explain more about post-traumatic stress. I think I may have it. I'm not sure, but I wonder if you could talk about it and tell us what some of the warning signs are. I don't know whether I should be managing this myself, she says, or whether I need to get help. So this is a very big subject and we have touched on it in earlier programs, but Obviously, there's been more interest in it. Um, we've had a few inquiries in the last week also for particular yoga that might be suitable for people who are going through post-traumatic stress um, called syndrome or disorder. We do have some uh, information that we can send to you. So once again, email us if you're interested in anything to do with therapeutic yoga. Uh, there are quite a lot of yoga centers in the USA that actually do work with post-traumatic stress. And it can be very, very helpful indeed. So let's just analyze uh, what this is and a little bit about what the symptoms are and then what you're empowered to actually do about it. I think the 
best way that I've found to describe what post-traumatic stress disorder is or PTSD is to call it the absence of presence. So when people are in trauma, uh, they'll often describe a, a sense of unreality about their life. Um, I think I've said on this program before that patients have said, I feel beside myself. I feel disconnected. I feel out of it. I feel numbed out. Or as one patient actually said to me, I just feel like I'm on automatic pilot, that I'm doing things, but I'm not really there when I'm doing them. And this sense of separation that people are describing so beautifully there, um, as we said before, it's called dissociation. And it's been a part of the life story of every cancer patient that I have listened to. So this ties back in with our four questions and what we talked about in um, first and second segment. When this uh, separation or disconnection actually happens, um, it seems like a person's boundaries get very severely affected. We talked about boundaries also last week and what they were. Um, people then feel they have to either build walls to protect themselves um, or they feel like they're totally vulnerable, totally raw, totally exposed. And it's a very uncomfortable feeling when they're not connected into their body. These people have often said, well, yes, I stand at the kitchen bench and I cut up the vegetables. And I'll say, well, where were you when you were cutting the vegetables and you cut your hand? Were you there? And they'll often say, oh, no, I was picking up the children from school and then I was thinking I had to go to the bank and then I was thinking what I would do for the school fair tomorrow. So they were not actually there. So it leaves in a very vulnerable state, leaves patients in a very vulnerable state um, when you have this absence of presence. It's important to name it. Because if you don't name it, it, it just stays as this really obscure feeling of ill ease. Um, I think there's two ways of looking at this, again, quoting from Angelis Arian's work, and she says that cross-cultural wisdom tells us that in order to heal, we need to be present. We need to show up. And the Tibetans also tell us true meditation is about bringing the mind home. It's not about spacing out. It's about spacing in. So when you can do this, um, you can really return home to the self, in other words. People say that they have a new sense of resilience, a new sense of power, and that is the real process of healing. Now, this can happen in many ways. Some people are able to manage this for themselves. Some need counselling, some need psychotherapy. Um, some people find that even Reiki can be a very helpful thing. I'm actually patron for Reiki Australia and um, I think all of the safe touch therapies are fantastic and I actually do a, a type of body psychotherapy myself. Um, anyone who's listening may also find some help with this by looking up a website called RSM, Rubenfeld, R-U-B-E-N-F-E-L-D, Rubenfeld Synergy Method. Um, Alana Rubenfeld, very fine lady, in fact, my mentor, 
in America where I did some training with her and she actually named my method of hands-on. It's a very, very helpful method for dealing with post-traumatic stress. Um, when people are diagnosed with cancer, we know that post-traumatic stress is a really important part of um, the process of hearing that bad news and then of disappearing and dissociating somewhere else. And we know that the healing part is important part to come back. The symptoms of PTSD, I'm just going to go through here quite briefly. Um, depression, anxiety, even insomnia, absence of joie de vivre, feeling removed from the environment that's around you, a feeling of numbness, frozenness, constant memories, dreams, flashbacks um, that return even after the trauma's kind of gone long ago, it's it's relived in some kind of a way. It can be also relived through smells or um, some other kind of kinesthetic way. Common one is being fe a feeling of being drained, a feeling emotionally flat, feeling unresponsive, avoiding situations, avoiding people. Emotional outbursts that are just not like you. And then we get to addictions of many types. So if you can see yourself in those things, you may need some help with post-traumatic stress recovery. And we are about to go for a break. Um, you can also find some information on that in my ebook, Women of Silence, The Emotional Healing of Breast Cancer. So we're going to take a break and we'll be back very soon with Navigating the Cancer Maze on Voice America's Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Nestled in the heart of Germany's Black Forest is a very special clinic where breakthrough cancer medicine is offered to cancer patients around the world. Hulvang Private Oncology Clinic is one of the leading establishments in biological cancer therapy. The clinic offers personalized cancer medicine, including genetic testing for detecting and applying targeted treatments. The clinic's ethic is to deliver treatments that are as conventional as necessary and natural as possible. For your personalized cancer treatment, please contact the clinic via their website at www.hulvang-clinic.com. That's H-A-L-L-W-A-N-G-clinic.com. Or call us in Germany at 490-7443-964240. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. tuned into Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Guller. We'd love to hear from you today on our program. Please call us toll-free from North America at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. International callers may dial in to 480-553-5759. You may also send an email to institute at gracegoller.com. Now, back to Navigating the Cancer Maze. Hello, we are back with Navigating the Cancer Maze. I'm Grace Gawler, and we've been talking about post-traumatic stress, what it is, 
how to define it for yourself. Are you in that category? Do you need help? And uh, what you can actually do about it. One thing I did want to add uh, into this discussion is that it's not only the patients that can experience this. Uh, it's very important that we remember the partners. And uh, for some people, partners who are with someone who's dealing with a life-challenging or life-threatening illness, even a chronic illness um, that has somehow really impacted your life and changed the sorts of things that you might like to have done in your life and for the most noble reasons, you know, you've stayed with, with someone and uh, you're providing them with all that love and that care. Um, this kind of um, PTSD, you might call it an, an acquired life-changing condition and it's very, very uh, important if you see yourself in that mode as a caregiver or as a wife or a husband looking after somebody, even looking after a child, this is where the self-care aspect becomes so, so important because um, if you do go into the PTSD mode, you not only become ineffective for yourself, but you do become ineffective for the person that you're caring for. And we know that people who have been the carers of patients who have not survived, that those people are really in the firing line. And I say this cautiously, I don't want to put fear into anybody, but um, there's a high death rate from spouses of people uh, who've died from cancer. Um, when they don't do their grieving, when they don't seek counselling, when they're in the post-traumatic stress dissociative stage, um, quite often in the 18-month to two-year period, after their loved one has died, they will experience um, some kind of life-challenging, sometimes life-threatening illness. Um, it's, a, it's a pattern I've followed through over many, many years. So do, do remember that not only applies to patient but also applies to partner. The other group to mention here also is health professionals because if you don't do your debriefing as a health professional, you're also in the target line for developing some type of um, post-traumatic stress disorder from the constancy of hearing people's life dramas, life tragedies, um, life stories in general. So it's very important for us as practitioners to also do our self-care and check in on how present we are, um, not only at the time when we're actually with our patients, but also the time when we're away from our patients and um, how we manage that time and how we manage to stay present to our partners and our life. Um, just in finishing off that section, I think it's uh, leading into our next session uh, next week with Dr. Miller. And just to mention with meditation, uh, meditation or stress management or relaxation, whatever you like to call it, um, as we have talked about in the program before, very important to do your body relaxation. And one of the reasons why is that if you are in a post-traumatic stress situation and you're trying meditation and you haven't dealt with this, you haven't dealt with these issues and you haven't yet found the ability to really ground yourself to be present, 
to show up, in other words. If you haven't been able to do that, if you do try some of the meditation techniques and particularly some of the more new age ones, you can find yourself dissociating even more. And one of the ways to recognize this is if you finish a meditation and you feel lightheaded, jumpy, you're very super responsive, super sensitive to noise, and you have not noticed any time passing. You may have started doing a body relaxation from your feet up, and by the time you've got to the top of your thighs, you don't remember anything. That's a sign that you are in this state of dissociation and likely to be in a state of post-traumatic stress. So the meditation techniques that actually work the best or the relaxation techniques, yoga nidra is an excellent one, uh, brings us into the therapeutic yoga element where you relax the body from the feet up or sometimes too from the head down and you pay attention to the large muscle groups and tightening certain areas of the body, feeling what that's like and then letting go. Um, that's a very, very useful technique. It's a very common technique. It keeps you present. So if you're doing that kind of a yoga nidra for a relaxation, if you feel yourself going into lift off, in other words, you're recognizing that you're feeling light and airy and you're going to disappear somewhere. That's the time to actually use your breath and some willpower and actually bring yourself back to that experience of the relaxation. Um, other areas, as we mentioned, is the Rubenfeld Synergy Method, which is practiced widely throughout America. Um, do have a look at that website, um, rubenfeldsynergy.com, RSM. And uh, that is a technique, it's a touch and talk method, it's a body psychotherapy method that can help you to ground and therefore improve any relaxation or meditation techniques that you actually might like to um, implement. I think then we look at mindfulness meditation. Uh, John Kabat-Zinn is perhaps one of the most um, popular people in the USA and Herbert Benson who wrote The Relaxation Response. Um, John Kabat-Zinn has a wonderful book called Wherever You Go, There You Are. It's a fantastic title. And um, he's been one of the masters also of um, teaching a grounded type of meditation. Martial arts, Qigong, Tai Chi, uh, getting the grounding within those really helps you to find yourself and live your life as a martial art, as we call it in the third stage of healing. So if you're looking at any relaxation method, by all means, think grounding and think of that living your life as a martial art. Be present because you don't want an absence of presence when you're um, making efforts to become present. <laughs> Sometimes you have to notice that you're about to go missing in that dissociated state before you get the aha and then you can catch it before it catches you. With doing deep relaxation, we then move into the thing called imagery, which is what we're going to discuss next week with Dr. Emmett Miller. Um, imagery is best done when you are in a nice, fully relaxed place. And 
it's worthwhile having a look at some of that reading material I've mentioned through the show. In preparation for hearing Dr. Miller next week, um, if you have any questions for him that you would like me to ask him, please get those to me. Emmett is an extraordinary healer. I've known him since the early 90s when I went to conferences in South Carolina in the USA. Um, he's an amazing speaker. He has a profound connection. He's very experienced with the designing of imagery and his um, his material is really fantastic. And we'll have more about that on the website. Um, it should be up by me and um, really to be able to interest me. Also coming up soon on the show, um, you'll be hearing less of me um, now that you've got your tools and your toolkit and your how-tos. Uh, we're going to bring in some people who can then value add to the experience. We'll be having some patients who have recovered on the show, interviewing them about what worked. And we have uh, from Cancer Schmanza. Uh, Fran Drescher, who you may know from The Nanny. Fran is going to be on the show quite soon and um, she's going to be talking about her book and the founding of Cancer Schmancer and also her own experience with early diagnosis of cancer of the uterus. So there's a lot of great things to look forward to. Please tell your friends about Navigating the Cancer Maze. Pass on the URL. And, um, and my website or email because that's what I do. I help people to navigate the cancer maze. We'll be seeing you next week, same time and same place. I'll be talking to you from the Gold Coast in Australia. Have a great week. Bye for now. Thank you again for listening to Navigating the Cancer Maze. Please join your host, Grace Goller, again next Friday at 12 noon, U.S. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember, cancer is not something you have to face alone.